What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner. Today is another episode in the Fix My Diet series, and I'm just loving these episodes. I hope you guys are enjoying them too. It's a lot of fun um, getting on there and listening to people tell me about their stories, what they've been through, what they're currently going through, what they're trying to accomplish, and then breaking it down and giving them a plan that they feel good about. And um, I'm going to be doing some follow-up as well uh, with some of the people in the series so that you guys can see how much of a difference it makes when we look at the individual um, and we frame things in a way that allows them to feel consistent and we start to remove this mindset of on plan or off plan or, oh, I'm doing good versus bad. And uh, it just changes the perspective of what consistency looks like and um, getting people that early win, that early buy-in, it's so important. And then we can make these small tweaks along the way that don't seem so overwhelming and, and it's just, in my philosophy, in my opinion, it's it's the approach that allows for the best compliance, and and we know that results come from adherence and consistency. So, um, I hope you guys are enjoying these. Please continue to give me feedback uh, because I'm going to keep doing it as long as you guys are enjoying it. So, this was another episode in the Fix My Diet series. I had Karina on and uh, broke down her plan and gave her some, you know, some. Uh, just a course of action to move forward with and um, hope you guys enjoy it. If you do, please take a screenshot and post it to your stories on Instagram. Tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Enjoy the episode. All right, we're back with another episode of the Fix My Diet series and I am joined by Corinna. Am I saying that right or is it Karina? Karina. Karina. All right. Um, So Karina is kind enough to join me. First of all, welcome. Thank you. All right. So um, what I want to start with is just kind of getting a sense for day-to-day life right now, um, kind of what that looks like as far as um, your schedule, how that is kind of, you know, especially now with everything going on. I know you're still um, still working, still essential, but um, just kind of to give me an overview of what your daily schedule is looking like at the moment. Well, um, so that's a really good question. I am still working. So right now, I've been sleeping in a little because my commute is a lot shorter than it used to be. Um, I am jumping on the 7 a.m. intentional calls. So I get up. That's the first thing I do. Um, Sometimes much to their disappointment or um, I log on before I've had coffee, which isn't always great. I tripped over my guitar one morning. Oh, nice. And then... I start cleaning up the house a little. I sit down to start, well, shower, sit and get dressed. And then I sit down to start work at nine. Um, And then when you're you're working, are you mostly sitting? Oh, yeah. Okay. Mostly sitting. As I mentioned to you a couple minutes ago, we just had our year end on March 31st. And so that's a hectic time of year. There's a a lot of other people's high emotions and energy that you have to deal with on top of all of the critical year-end activities that I have on my own. So dealing with that. So there were a lot of long days last week. I am, so I work nine to five. I typically have been getting my lunch and just coming back to work and eating at my desk, unfortunately. Um, 
there were a couple of days where I worked out at lunch. I really needed to get some rid of some stress relief or get rid of some of my stress through exercise. And I am also taking three courses um, for going towards getting a degree. And I still have two of my children at home, one of whom is still in high school. And they've just been told that they'll be learning probably from home for the rest of the school year mm-hmm. and just trying to keep engaged with her and try and do things so that she doesn't feel so disconnected from everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So you obviously have a lot on your plate right now. Um, how have you been able to get uh, your, I mean, right now, as we're talking, you're, you're on your bike inside. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Um, so tell me about like what the, the training schedule has looked like, how many days per week, what, you know, what you've been able to do and, and that sort of thing. So I am a gym rat. I love going to the gym. I do not enjoy working out at home. I don't seem to mind buying equipment for at home. At least that's what I found out in the last three weeks. But actually using it seems to be a bit different. I have always used my bike with the indoor trainer. At least I have for the last three years. I was on set to ride because I do the ride to conquer cancer every year. Or This will be my second year, actually. It's just over 100 kilometers a day for two days huh. on your bike. And they just canceled it. So I won't be doing that, but I might as well train for it because, yeah. you know, it's a way to, to get uh, exercise in. I do. I did buy a bar. It's only a training bar, so it's only the 15-pound one. But I do have 155 pounds of weights that can go on it. So at least I have something to work with. And I have a box to step on. I even bought a wall ball. And if you knew me, there's nothing I hate more than wall balls. In life. <laughs> um, I lean forward when I squat and having a wall and a ball falling at my head is not what I consider fun at all. <laughs> so um, last week I did weights three times. Okay. And I hope to do that uh, probably even more like four times this week. Okay. So typically trying to get three to four times with weights. And then how much are you riding currently? Uh, it's three times a week. Three times a week you're, you're on the bike? Yeah. Well, okay. for longer rides. Today it'll just be an hour. Okay. But tomorrow it'll be two and a half. And Thursday will be two and a half. And Saturday is two and a half. Okay. All right. Cool. So pretty active um, even with sitting down for work, um, you're still getting your rides in, even the longer rides, and you're still getting three times a week minimum of weights. So that all looks good. Um, Tell me about nutrition. How do things look on the nutrition front? Well, um, I do really, really well for my breakfast, lunch, usually dinner. Um, It's the snacking and the weekends where things go off the rails. Okay. Um, so tell me what a typical weekday looks like as far as the breakfast, lunch, dinner, what those kind of look like, and then the snacks and, you know, obviously can look different depending on the day, but just on an average day. So I actually found that going back to school has really helped because I'm just so busy. Um, so breakfast, to answer your question, I normally have a couple of poached eggs, some cottage cheese. And if I worked out a banana um, for lunch, I normally have, it's funny, I like salads, but I don't like lettuce that much. But I like salad fixins. Okay. Um, so I have a lot of 
shredded cabbage, shredded kale, those kind of um, shredded packages, along with um, either chicken or some fish. I love avocado, and I really enjoy that mixed with pico de gallo. So that's normally what I have for lunch. If I don't have any of the pico de gallo with me, I, if I'm at work, I would go down to the cafeteria and hit the salad bar. Um, but now that I'm at home, um, I would just, because I'm not a huge fan of salad dressing, and I would probably just mix it with a little bit of mayonnaise and some mustard. Okay. And then in the afternoon, I get snacky. And so I, I have an apple and a piece of cheese every day. Um, I've had a bit of a love affair with popcorn this year. Okay. And um, I try to have, well, I try to limit it uh, just to a little chocolate a day. Okay. Is that pretty much it on the, on the snacking? Like, yeah. is, okay. Um, which absolutely, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> and then how about what does dinner typically look like? Well, what I want it to look like and what it usually ends up looking like are completely different because my husband cooks and he cooks what the kids like. And so I have it in my mind that I'm going to do something and I get downstairs and even now at home, I get downstairs prepared. And so that's what I eat. Okay. So, um, and so then it'll be like, I don't know, um, spaghetti or, uh, he made shepherd's pie last night, um, hamburgers. Okay. Like if he makes something like hot dogs for the kids, I won't eat it. Mm -hmm. I just don't enjoy it. I have yeah. to be really really lazy for, to not do that but, or to eat that. So. Okay. Um, cool. And then anything after dinner snacks or is that usually when you have like popcorn or chocolate or something like that? Yeah. Okay. It would be either popcorn or chocolate. Okay. Maybe gotcha. both. Not at the same time, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, and then as far as like you mentioned throwing in a banana with breakfast, if you've worked out, um, do you do anything else as far as like pre-workout, post-workout, any like shakes or anything like that? No, no? not right now. No. Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, and then I want to know a little bit about like right now, first of all, are you tracking anything? No. Okay, cool. Um, so I want to know about previous diet history, um, what programs you've tried, what, you know, what you liked and disliked about them. And then we'll just kind of run through, um, all the different stuff that you've, you've experienced. So, Back when the dinosaurs walked the earth, I tried, I've done Weight Watchers a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. I tried, I think it was Nutrisystem back in the day, but this okay. is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I tried Atkins, which is where I learned all or nothing. Mm -hmm. um, I've tried, I think I tried the cabbage soup diet at some point. Mm -hmm. Um. And then I was a member of Tops for a little while. Okay. I've actually, I was actually a member of Overeaters Anonymous. And there's another one called um, Recovered Food Addicts, okay. I think. Or it was RFA. Well, it stands for something. Mm -hmm. And then when I started CrossFit, I went paleo. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, I was doing paleo with Weight Watchers for a while, and that was actually working really well. Okay. Because they have, they've always had, or they've had for the last ten or fifteen years, a program that's more uh, in line with eating whole foods. 
and relying on how you feel. So using the guidance of paleo and that, I was actually doing decently well. And I had lost, I mean, I don't lose quickly. I can lose quickly, but I don't like being feeling deprived. Um, and that's when I joined ETP. And I gained all of that weight back plus some because okay. I just I just feel like I don't trust myself anymore. Yeah. Um, and then since leaving ETP, have you just been more intuitively eating? Um, trying, just trying to. Trying to. Um, and what's your what's your goal right now? What what's your like number one priority? What are you trying to accomplish? I would actually like to have to be consistent. Okay. And what do you feel like that you're doing right now that's not allowing for consistency? Like what about your current nutrition do you feel like is lacking? Well, there's the, I mean, obviously I do well with breakfast and lunch and that's pretty much every day, whether it's a weekend or a weekday. Um, I think a lot of it is just going off plan. Like if I, even if I do have a plan and the food is just there, I'll eat it. Okay. Um, and then there's uh, emotional eating too, okay. right? If I get stressed, especially when I get stressed out, don't my avoidance and my denial wall comes up. Even if I'm stressed out about something else, mm-hmm. it's almost like it goes up for every goal that I have. Okay. Um, and then tell me what that would look like as far as if you're feeling stressed, is it more just grabbing something out of convenience or comfort or is it you know more of like a overconsumption what how does that typically it's overconsumption um that's when i start picking up things like just you know a peanut butter sandwich or a few Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um or even just eating past satiety Mm -hmm. okay so um and it's I would say it's le- like if I'm under a lot of stress, I actually don't eat. So it has to be a mixture, a good mixture of stress and anxiety and stuff. So it's, it's or the negative emotions. And so I write my goals down every day. And if I go into um, a period of time where I feel, I start feeling that way, where I start feeling like my, my goals don't matter or if I don't matter, I, it's almost like something's preventing me from writing down my goals to even try. Okay. And it's how often, how often would you say that happens? A few times a month at least. Okay. So maybe like once a week. Um, it usually lasts for a couple of days. So I would say two or three days, two or three times a month. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And then tell me, you mentioned the sometimes weekends can get a little bit off. Um, usually you're good with breakfast and lunch. Uh, how do the weekends differ as far as like right now, the current pattern is, you know, you, you have a, a really solid foundation, even with, even with the snacks, there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of that. Um, you know, with the dinner you mentioned, and normally I would say that it's, you know, we can kind of work some of that stuff into your plan, but it, what I hear you saying that it doesn't fit with what you want to be doing. That's where it raises a red flag for me. Cause there's one thing, if you're saying like, you know what, I love pasta and I want this to be part of my life because it means something. It's an important, it's a food that I love. Um, but when I hear you say like, you're almost 
kind of sounds like eating it out of just it's there, um, not necessarily that that's what you want to be doing. That's where there's kind of a disconnect. So um, now explain to me the like the weekend situation um, and how that differs from from what you're doing on the weekday. Well, I have a lot more free time on the weekend. So um, just eating to relax, right? Okay. Instead of doing something else with my time. Right? Um, my husband is introverted. My children are introverted. And so they're off in their, in their own little places and I'm all alone. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a house full of people and yet I feel very alone. Yeah. So... Um, no, that makes sense. And, and it's kind of like the, the theme or the pattern right now, um, honestly has nothing to do with, you know, trying to set you up on a, you know, specific type of macro plan or anything like that. Honestly, the pattern here is just helping you, um, deal with some of the mindfulness of using you know, a more productive outlet for stress um, and then helping you to, um, you know, it's like boredom eating. Uh, it's, it's eating as, as a means to kind of, uh, you know, gain a sense of control or comfort uh, or as a way to deal with stress. So it's, it's more about the, um, the outlet of food versus the food itself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so the goal right now is to be more consistent. And then I think that, so tell me your overall experience with tracking, because out of everything that you've tried, the only real macro based program was ETP. And, um, I, you know, that's a whole different structure because it's not really, it's, it's a very, um, kind of preset way of doing macros. It's not like an individual plan. Um, so I think that that can be, it can kind of leave a sour taste in, in a lot of people's mouths when it comes to macros in general, because oftentimes um, most people experience that uh, they had to hit numbers despite the fact that it wasn't in alignment with like what their body was telling them to do. And it's almost like this, well, why am I eating if I'm full? And then why do I have to like starve myself if I'm trying to go through this? So it's like both extremes of deprivation and overconsumption and no real balance. Um, so are you completely put off by macros as a result? No, I have a scale. I haven't used it in a while. I do have a scale. Um, I should mention that after ETP, I did work with Liz with bite nutrition. Okay. But I was still so hung up on how much I had invested in ETP uh-huh. that I didn't allow it to work. She's amazing. She's awesome. Okay. So, it, but I'm not familiar with also, their um, philosophy or how they there's do a lot things. Of, so I, it's mindfulness, but it's also um, um, macro-based. Okay. Just so, okay. Just so. Um, so it was probably just a more of a kind of like PTSD, for lack of a better term, from, from the ETP experience that was it was just poor timing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so as far as the dinners go, is there anything that, have you had the conversation with your husband about having something um, that can be more inclusive of everybody, even yeah. with, you know, I know that it's tough with kids, but, you know, I think that there's still ways to kind of, and I'll just use one example. Um, you know, my girlfriend has three kids. They 
still eat things like, you know, chicken nuggets and French fries and that sort of thing that, that we don't eat. But I think um, rather than trying to make it seem like, oh, well, there's the food that we eat and then the food that they eat, we try and make meals more inclusive. So an example would be, you know, if we're going to do something like tacos um, and they can have all the stuff that, you know, whatever the cheese, the sour cream, all the, all the things that they want. And then our tacos just look a little bit different. It's not like we're having, you know, oh, we're, we're going to make this whole separate meal um, where like, you know, we'll make chicken for us, chicken for them. They get their stuff in tacos. You know what I mean? So there's ways to kind of make things more inclusive. Or even if there is something um, like pasta, we have, um, you know, other versions that, you know, might just be like rice noodles for us. And they don't know, you know, the difference between our pasta, their pasta, whatever. So that way it still feels like um, it's a more inclusive process versus like, well, you have to eat this stuff and we're eating this stuff, which is like, well, why aren't we all eating the same things? And um, so have you discussed that with, with your husband to try and have, I mean, he's not because we also have a very picky eater of a daughter. And so he's not overly willing to make a bunch of different foods, which is fine. I mean, he shouldn't have to cook for me either. I'm a grown woman. I know how to cook. So (laughs) it's just that, I mean, it's, I think it's probably more fair that it's up to me to, prepare something for him to heat up for me if he's Mm -hmm. going to go that way yeah i think that would be a great way to to kind of find that that balance where you have something um and then it doesn't require like you've already made it ahead of time and there's it doesn't require a whole lot of additional effort in the kitchen as as far as just heating it up and you're ready to go um i think that for things like that it makes more sense to start with like you know, hey, we're just going to do this for like two to three days a week. And the rest of the week, we're going to stick with the current arrangement and then gradually move to if you are starting to feel like, you know, I like this better because I feel like I have more control over my dinner. Then it's easier to be like, you know what, don't even worry about it. I'm going to, you know, do the same thing on the other, you know, days as well. Um, And then it becomes just more of like a seamless transition. So I think that that would help getting a little bit more consistency on the dinner side of things. Um, I honestly think that there's really no issue with anything as far as the, how your day is structured, the type of foods that you're eating, the snacks that you're picking, your activity levels, like the, the foundation is really solid. Um, I think and yet I'm still where I am. Yeah. I think, that the, <laughs> I think that probably the limiting factor is just, how we're, you know, using food as an outlet um, and getting back to a combination of some tracking. Um, and I wouldn't want you to track all the time because I don't think that that would really help uh, because I think that there's enough good things in place that I like sometimes there's just in certain situations, there's just a total lack of awareness and bringing macros into the equation helps from understanding portion sizes and understanding how to get in enough protein, but you have all of that in place. Um, so I don't think it's a lack of awareness or really a, um, you know, I don't think it's a quality issue. You know, there, I think it's a mindfulness and relationship with food is kind of the one limiting factor. And then just getting some sense of control and consistency around dinners and then also on the weekends. Um, so I would, I would say like the immediate first step would be um, taking the, the approach for dinners where you're going to make something and starting with like two to three days per week. Um, and you tell me what you feel like is, is the most doable because it has to feel like this oh, is something that, that you're consistent. You can be consistent with that feels 
you know, sustainable. Um, so what would you say as far as like where you would want to start with that? How many days per week seems realistic? I think at least well, three days a week and one weekend night. Okay. I think that's a great place to start. Um, and then, you know, I think that some of the mindfulness stuff that, you know, well, you actually signed up for the course, didn't you? Well, that's perfect that because <laughs> that is going to help, um, which is really like the number one priority right now is working through some of that stuff, um, improving the relationship with food. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that I always say is that it doesn't, it doesn't mean that food will never be because food can be an outlet and it can be a very useful outlet. And oftentimes we, we feel like we're doing something wrong when we use food as a sense of, you know, comfort or control uh, or as a way to manage stress. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. It kind of happens mindlessly most of the time, which is where it can sometimes create this like negative feedback loop where because we weren't consciously making that choice, it feels like we did something wrong. And then we are like, why did I do that? We start to beat ourselves up for it. Um, I think that, you know, making a conscious choice that, yes, I've, I've been able to like take a step back and assess the situation. And now I still want to go and, and consume whatever it was that I was going to. Now it's a conscious choice. I'm aware of that decision. And then we can just move on quickly from that. So I think having those tools to just be a little bit more mindful um, and then have some other strategies in place, uh, which, you know, being able to use kind of interrupt that that pattern that happens and have other outlets available to you um, will be an important part of the process. And then, um, so those are kind of like the two main things that will go a long way. Um, so I'm really glad that you are in the course because that'll help a lot. Um, I would also like to give you a couple days of tracking per week, um, which can be, I would say, if we could do a one weekday and one weekend, that would be ideal. All right. So um, just based off of what you're doing, I would prefer to give you a protein and calorie target and let you do your thing with carbs and fats. Are you comfortable with that? Yep. Okay, cool. So based off of what you're doing right now, I would imagine that protein is fairly low. Um, you get protein with breakfast, which is great. Uh, you get protein with lunch, which is great. Um, tiny bit of protein in your snacks with the cheese, but not much. And then based off of dinner, you know, pasta, shepherd's pie, hamburgers, that sort of thing. So there's going to be some protein, but it's not like, you know, we're um, kind of going with a whole bunch right there. So, and then you're not really doing like pre or post-workout shakes or anything like that. So that would really be kind of like the, the low-hanging fruit would just be, you know, getting to a consistent level of protein. Um, I don't like to take somebody from zero to 100. So my starting point would be like 150 grams for you, 150 grams of protein. Okay. Um, and then... I'd like to get 2,000 calories okay. as our calorie target. So for just two days a week, one weekday and one weekend, I would want to hit that protein minimum and hit that calorie target where you have the flexibility to kind of fill in with carbs and fats. Um, 
as I've mentioned on other calls, I always like to start off with more flexibility on the front end and tighten up different areas as we progress versus starting too restrictive where it feels like almost impossible. Um, so, And the 2000 calories, would you um, say I should go for 2000 calories even on the days where I do two and a half hour rides or? So I, I would just like, pick, can I not count the refuel that I'm taking on the ride? Like the, I don't do gels, but I might have a, a date or something like some dates on the ride. Yeah. So then in that scenario, I would track two days that you're not doing long rides. Okay. Fair and enough. we'll keep, and we'll keep it simple because that way, if you're feeling, if we're doing more like intuitive on those days and you're feeling hunger levels are higher based on the amount that you're riding, it gives you, I hate to say the word permission, but it gives you the ability yeah. to eat more and, and just kind of tune in on those days. And like I said, I'd rather start with more flexibility and then add more specifics as we go uh, versus trying to set too many restrictions and parameters on the front end. Um, if we can make progress with more flexibility, that's always a win. Um, so I'd rather start there. And I think that, you know, just from getting more control over the dinners, having one weekend day that's tracked, and you mentioned having one week weekend night that you're having the dinner you know made yourself all of those things are going to give us a little more specificity and help us get things moving in the right direction um so the you know the ultimate goal is is consistency so once we start to set the framework in place um and you feel good about yes i can do this then um you start to get those easy wins and then like i said if if things are like not going the way that you want them to go then we just add a little bit more um, you know, add some more parameters here and there, but it's, you've already got the framework in place. So it's just small changes that make a big difference, if that makes sense. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Um, how do you feel about that confidence level on being able to execute? I would say a 10. Awesome. Well, that's what I like to hear. Um, do you have any questions? No, not so far. Okay. Good. So um, let's get that started. Um, I want to follow up in a week or two. Um, I'll check in in about a week. Typically, you know, I like two weeks to really assess how things are going. Um, but just from a, an accountability standpoint and to see how you're feeling about things, we'll do a one week check in and then um, assess after two weeks and see if things are moving the way that you want them to. Okay. Thank All you. right. Yeah. Sound good? Yes. Thank you. All very right. Much. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll talk yeah. soon.